Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to this next episode in the Basketball Connections podcast. Basketball Connections is an international organization that was founded by FIBA expert and NBA scout coach Terry Layton. Basketball Connections is a great way for coaches and players to connect all across the globe, and we're excited about these next episodes to come. Coach Layton has got some great lessons in basketball that will help you improve as a coach, and so I'm going to hand it over to Coach Terry Layton, and we're going to get started. Thanks again for listening. Coach Layton. Hey, welcome to another Basketball Connection podcast. Uh, I'm here with, with Chuck uh, in uh, Malaysia now, but he'll be moving to the U.S. in uh, June, so looking forward to coming back into uh, probably Texas, it looks like. Chuck, I sent you a preview copy of my new video from Championship Productions about cutthroat drills, and with the cutthroat, I can find different drills I see around the world that use some of the concepts, and tell me what some of the reactions you had, or you dealt with your team on some of them, what have you liked? What I really liked, when I, in the past when I've done cutthroat drills, uh, it's all, it's been all half court, and uh, it's been like four on four on four, and uh, what I really liked in the video that I had never thought of is uh, is turning the cutthroat into the into a, a full court, and adding some transition to it, and so that that was something that I really thought was special in the in the video, and uh, in the in the movement, the using uh, in the warm up part of it, using the formation to start working on some some very basics of uh, shifting on the offense and movement. Um, was a very a very simple way to to start to introduce uh, offensive concepts, and and that's something that I've used um, with the local club teams, especially with the younger ones because they this is something that's completely foreign to them and they don't understand it. And I I found it very easy to implement uh, fundamentals and offensive movement um, using using those drills. Let me comment on what you're saying there with a couple of ideas. One, for example, would be when you're running the offense on cutthroat, always pass and move away and then cut back because it distorts the defense and gets them the rule of offense that you pass and move. You also can have pass and cut, going to the corner, going away, and relocating. And the other part of that is uh, you can use defensive or offensive principles on the baseline group, your, your third group. So you can, instead of having them standing there doing nothing, you can have them work on a defense or an offensive open face passing or closeout or whatever. I, I liked how you combined uh, multiple concepts into into the same drill. Um, so you had offensive movement, you had transition and, and, and running the lanes and getting the ball up to court. Uh, and but then you also had uh, offensive rebounding concepts and transition defense concepts in there too. So there's this uh, a multitude of uh, of concepts into into one drill, and that's that's something I th- I thought was very beneficial because those are those are things that are are challenging to to teach is is getting players to react and to to transition quickly. From offense to defense, back to offense, and uh, so I thought I thought those were some concepts that were that those drills really hit home with. And one of those we talk about 
he's going to be the guy that's back. If he's a shooter or not. But what I found is I watch NBA guys or good diva coaches. The idea of doing one concept and then doing a lot of bad concepts at the same drill, they're doing multiple concepts. And in the NBA guys, they'll have multiple passers or multiple defensive players that dummy up that we don't always have on a high school or a college or a pro team level. But it's multi-conceptional. If you don't watch it, you can teach one good fundamental offensively, defensively, and reinforce three or four bad ones at the same time. But if you can put two or three things like transition, cutting, don't let a man cut in front of your face, and uh, communication. Uh, one of the ones I've done at a Christian camp was really interesting with communication. I would teach them in the beginning every time they slap hands or bump fist or low five or whatever. I would say, yell the word Barney. I said, what is Barney? Well, in the Bible, we've got a great encourager named Barnabas. And your job is to be a Barney. And it goes along with the principle of motivational partners on your team and games. You need uh, guys in different positions to get themselves and their partner ready to play. So their job is to motivate a guy with it. But be a Barney, be a Barney, be a Barney. And uh, so now I just yell Barney. And they're saying, we need to communicate more. You've got to constantly fight that. This communication in our societies today has gone downhill. Right. And see, it's it's even worse than, uh, here in Malaysia. People just don't... Communication is a big issue, and, and it's unheard of in basketball. Everybody just uh, does their own thing, and, and that's been something that's been a big, big struggle in, uh, in coaching local basketball in Malaysia is... Uh, trying to get people to effectively communicate and understanding the benefit to communicate. Yeah, your vocabulary to communicate. At one time in practice in Trinidad, I brought a bookcase into practice and put it by the scores table. I said, what's that for? Well, I keep hearing from your teachers every time you go to the library, you talk like crazy. So maybe by making a library environment, maybe I'll get you to talk. Because yeah. that's we're not communicating enough. And, uh one of the best teams I've ever seen was a Dave Holmquist team of Biola. Outstanding communicating team. I don't know how we got them to do it, but they were really, really outstanding with talking to each other. And then you got to figure out what they've got to say. I finally evolved to right and left and hoop, meaning you're two guys away in the hoop position with it. That's something you, you just talked about, you know, reinforcing good habits constantly. And that's something I really got out of that drill um, is is you're reinforcing multiple good habits. And what I'm saying with that is that even when taking a shot, you know, if when you're doing normal shooting drills and telling guys the offensive rebound, a lot of times um, when you're doing those drills, everybody the drill is for offensive rebound, so everybody will run in. And, uh, and and try to rebound the basketball, but but then you're taken away from transition defense, and um, so I, I thought that this was a good way to to continuously work on everything that you're going to want to do in, in the game, and uh, but it, but in a way that breaks it down um, so that you're you're continuously 
teaching simple concepts, but um, keeping the end in mind. And, uh, and that's, that's what's important to me is, is uh, I don't want to have to go back and, and reteach a concept. I want to keep building and moving forward. And I thought that, that this is a good video series that, that reinforces that. I think of two different things with that. We talked about the top man on the side of the ball be the man back. Just make that rule. Earlier in coaching, I would say the point guard is always back or something. And that was too complicated. The other one is the defensive principle, nearest man gets the ball. So now those two principles are two principles. It says, who's supposed to get the ball? Are you the nearest man? you got to get the ball. It's, it's not, uh, it's two Concepts, and I think we're seeing a lot more conceptual teaching of how to play the game of basketball. Here are the concepts we're trying to do. We want to push one out. Uh, I'm listening to a book right now called Basketball Whisper, and he talks about how he trains, and it's been real interesting that he tries to not have long communication, real short one to five word uh, senses, head up, knees down, back up, six steps. Baseline, pass and cut. But he, he keeps them simple or he touches them to push your chin up or the head back or whatever it is. And then he has timeouts, only the timeout of a regular a minute timeout when they want a water break. So he keeps them working harder. Another one he does that I was interesting, if they come late to a scheduled practice, and which they're paying him to train them, he only goes to the time that they're going to, they rent a gym for. If you come late, he didn't criticize him for being late. He just will start right from there and go till the time you're done. So they get cheated five, seven, eight, ten minutes into that because of them coming. Okay, did you like the drill where we had the circles, the big circle and the little circle, which you could throw it either way to the offense or the defense? I think maybe uh, a while back we talked about that drill. Uh, before and uh, I that's I've tried to, I've tried to do something similar with that in the past and uh, but this getting to actually see it because we I think we've talked about it before but then getting to actually see it uh, helped me to understand it a little bit better and you can do that with three in one line and four in the other so you're doing four against three or three against four which is I always thought both of those dimensions were important. And in Spanish, we call sobrecargo, overload. And overload with more defense and offense and what they're going to do or the other way around. Uh, I actually saw Jim Barron's do a similar type drill like that. That uh, I just changed it around a little bit to fit what I wanted to get done with it. And you got to kind of incorporate your philosophy into it. I also think it's real easy in four and four full court to run the guts of your offensive plays. Mm -hmm. uh, screen and screener plays, or you work on the offensive defense of them within that setting. The spacing tends to be better with it. So I like that. Uh, a lot of times when I do those drills, I put a tipping rim up at one basket. And the tipping rim is so we work on the rebounding part of that drill. I think a lot of coaches will work on their offenses and not work on their offensive rebounding or their defense. They just stop it right at the point of shot. And it needs to go 
through the rebound and the transition to really get the full gist of what you're trying to create. What did you think about running it out of a one-guard front as opposed to a two-guard front? Uh, that's something that I don't I, I don't think I work enough. Okay. Well, I just found that. And the other one is running into the play. Then I just get you standing still. Right. That I want to throw the ball behind them so they're dribbling in. And I'm encouraging one-handed passing with the drill. And sometimes I just go, you only pass one hand off a dribble uh, to, to reinforce that concept, which, again, is not universal American right now. It's a universal international thing. You've seen a lot more, but you don't see it with American coaches or players as much. But it's going to catch up to us because it's it's obviously there. Yeah, I just had a conversation uh, with a coach uh, this past week about exactly what you just said. Is is uh, one of the one of the problems with the the U.S. is that um, we you know we focus a lot on what we're doing are only what we just talked about it. A lot of, a lot of people in the U S don't even know how to use FaceTime or Skype or know what WhatsApp is, but that, that carries over into um, the jobs that we're doing too. And especially in coaching is the game of basketball is evolving and in different parts of the world um, are not doing it the same way as the U S and, and well, in a lot of ways they're, there are different parts of the world when they do things differently, they're contributing to basketball and we can learn from that and help improve the game. And, and exactly what you just said, uh, if, if people in the U S don't start looking at, at, uh, what other parts of the world are doing with the game of basketball, then, you know, eventually, like you said, they're going to catch up. Well, you go to, uh, Serbia, Croatia, Spain, Australia, I'm going to Turkey in a while. Some of the things I'm seeing there, boy, they've got some great ideas that we can really learn about and be better at. But we tend to just think we have the gist of it. And then we have a lot of multiple football basketball coaches that do football concepts for basketball and it's not basketball concepts. Yeah. And internationally, we have a similar problem in some smaller countries with soccer coaches teaching basketball, but they don't have basketball concepts. But some of the better places in the world, man. Uh, I spent some time last November in uh, Spain. Man, all the practices were good. They were well done. Very creative. Uh, very push-oriented. Very drive-oriented. And we can learn from that. With it. Okay, anything else about the ways of doing the form board? Now, a couple of them I did not show in there. You remember the old Annie Over drill we used to do? Uh, with across the back the backboard, and three guys would catch it in the air and tip it to each other. It was called Annie Over. No, I don't remember that. And there was a three guy drill with it. You throw it on the board, the other guy on the other side catches it up in the air and does the same thing back to the other guy. And then they move with their hands up in the air to the other line in a three or four man rotation. One of the ones I've done with that, I do that same drill with four guys, and then I have four other guys running between baseline and uh, on the end lines, on the sidelines, baseline to half court. And I bury them. And then after, then I say go at one point. Well, the four guys on the side got to be the defense. And the guys were tipping, coming, becoming offense at the other end. And it's a 
very, very good drill. And then I use the third group to do the same thing in the opposite end, so when they come back. But it gets conditioning. It gets the tipping up in the air with it. It gets communication in the defense that who's got ball and how they're picking up. And you use the cut-through type drills. The other factor I like is a captain in each team keeping the score, making them responsible. And every time they make a score, the whole team yells, two, three, four, where it forces communication with the captain keeping track of the score and it forces the kid to communicate. And anything that I could do to do that, I am all for doing that drill. I'll be interested to hear of any coaches that are doing anything else full court with those cutthroat type of drills. Uh, for example, one I might fight a little bit with that is in the original cutthroat from Snow Valley, you had to score up a triple threat position immediately, and they held it too long in my mind. Mm-hmm. And now the ball is being moved a little faster. So I want a triple threat, but I want I want some kind of motion very quickly with reversing the ball, passing. Uh, if I allow one dribble or two dribble penetration, or or even shot, yeah, I, I don't want to hold it all that long. Or I give them a minimum amount of, minimal amount of passes in a minimum amount of time or amount of time. So you said that this is not available to the public yet. It will be. We just. Uh, it will come out in the next couple of weeks. They want it before the uh, the middle of April. Okay. Uh, so I spoke to this clinic in Bogota two weeks ago, and I spoke on this topic. And I, I, I remember one thing as I got going. There's a famous island part of Colombia called San Andreas. And one of the San Andreas coaches came up to me and said, this is the first clinic I've ever been to. And it made me realize that I needed to not assume that they knew the cutthroat original basis of it, that I needed to tell them what the original way it was played. As Dick Mata was the creator that I could find out, he started using it the most in the beginning. So that really taught me something that I had to realize, you know, how complex do I get in showing the different intricacies of this. And again, one of the tricks when you're doing coaching clinics is see what your audience is. What, are they coaching Manny Basketball or former Tebow? youth teams, cadet type teams, or yeah. what level, how many teams they coach and girls, guys, age group, society, to realize who you're talking to and what you're explaining to them. Okay, well, like I said, it will be available on the Championship Production website pretty quickly with uh, three other tapes. i got five or six of them on there now that they'll be available at the latest by May the 1st. Great. We'll look forward to that. Yeah, and I hope coaches... You know, I hope we get some feedback on it, things they want to do. I'm probably going to speak of the same topic in Houston for USA Basketball on uh, September the 28th. I may utilize you to help with the drill, help with the safe as you understand it. That would be good. I'd love to. Uh, Each week when we do this, we talk at the end about it, either uh, something from a certain word. And the word I was thinking about is, Perseverance. What do you think of when you think of the word perseverance? I think that's a, a very special word that applies to all aspects of life. And that's something that we definitely teach in basketball is, is uh, uh, you have to stick with it. You have to, basketball is a game where 
if you're if you're a good player, you're gonna you're gonna fail most of the time. And uh, you know, if you about half of the time, if you're a good shooter, you're only gonna make half of your shots probably. Um, so guys that that don't persevere, that don't stick with it, uh, aren't gonna last long. It's it's not the the failures um, that define us. It's how we react to those failures. And that's the same in life too. Is is uh, we're gonna throughout your entire life, you're gonna endure challenges, and um, and you have to keep pushing forward, keep taking those steps um, to meet your goals. I have two things. As a Christian, we need to persevere as followers of Christ. So we need to persevere in our faith, in our in our mentorship, in our discipleship. That we need to persevere to what we're really aiming toward. As a coach or a player, uh, this week in the Final Four, they have a famous breakfast called the Legends of the Hardware, Hardwood, and uh, they, they, they had David Robinson, and then they had Avery Johnson. Yeah. And I thought David Thompson, I mean David uh, Robinson, had a good coach. And I was the big teacher; he was the little preacher. Mm-hmm. And how they worked together to persevere to make each other effective. Yeah. But you know, what does perseverance look like? It looks like getting to the gym and odd hours to work, working drills and making it more hard as a coach so they can get better at what they're doing. And perseverance is dedication to what your cause is as a Christian, a dedication to Christ as a coach or player to the game of basketball to be impactful with it. And just we persevere and we don't always take that easy route. We, uh, I know I had one player one of the schools I coached at. He would always go to the court in the three and three play pickup games with the weakest players. And I finally told one of my players on the team, I said, Titus, would you take Michael down to Watts with you one weekend and get him in the toughest game possible and let him get beat up? He needs to learn how to persevere. He's taking an easy route all the time and he's not getting any better and he's got a lot more potential that he's actually being able to put on the court right now. And it really woke him up. You know, when he got down there, it be, you got to be not afraid of contact. you got to not be, not get into the mouthy games of, of talk, get into play. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the shirts on uh, Villanova in the championship, in the warm-up. Their shirts said, less talk, more play. You know, show me what you do. Don't talk to me. Yep. Any other thoughts on perseverance? Just going back to what you were just saying about about uh, having the faith. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. You know, having, having that kind of Christian faith um, and, and trust in the Lord, God doesn't promise that He's going to make your path straight today, but He does promise that He is with you and uh, and, and will guide you along the way for His purpose if, if you if you trust in Him. And uh, what that means, and there's many examples of this in the Bible, is that um, we don't abandon faith in what we do um, when we reach the first sign of challenge. We need to persevere and uh and and to stick with it and stick with our our faith and know in the end 
God will prevail. I think of an Andre Kraft song, which there's a line in the song that said, if I didn't have problems, I wouldn't know what Christ could do. Mm. But having problems, my dependency and my perseverance is with Christ. Right. And I, that, that always stuck to me. And it's kind of like if we don't have rain in our life as a plant or a bush or flower, we won't create roots. And it helps us create those perseverance roots in our life. Yeah. Well, good. We'll get together in, in a couple weeks and have another one of these. And, uh, we welcome anybody to email us. Uh, my email is terrybounceofhotmail.com. And your email now is? Uh, arnol1cs at sbcglobal.net. arnol1cs at sbcglobal.net. And be, you're welcome to give us the uh, reactions, good or bad, or ideas that you come up with. Uh, I told you I ran across one coach from Canada that never used the matching jerseys, and that's to create better communication. So he wants rainbow or mixed bath colors, so they have to communicate and use their vision, which is good. That's great. Well, good. Have a good trip back. And talk about it once more before you go in the month of May and go over there. Thanks again for tuning in to the Basketball Connections podcast. Basketball Connections is an international organization that was founded by world-renowned coach Terry Layton. Basketball Connections is a way for coaches all across the world to connect and to stay connected. And these podcasts are a great way to listen to coaches in other parts of the world. So we hope that you subscribe and keep listening to the Basketball Connections podcast. And we're excited about the next episodes coming up. Thanks again for listening.